0: 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. It sits above the mantle
1: on a couple rusty nails. And it's
0: worth a bunch of
1: money, but it damn sure ain't for sale. The good
0: Lord only knows all the stories it could tell.
1: Granddaddy's has gone. He bought a new out of a Sears and Roebuck catalog. Hello and
2: welcome and to Shawn another edition of Second Sears Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. You could buy, buy guns out of a Sears, Sears cover? Co- you co- could. Back <laughs> in the day, you could. Tony Colombo here with car. producer Carl Middleman. Pew pew. And uh, my partner, Bo Matthews. Bo, this song pulls a couple of heartstrings, doesn't it?
1: It really does man, it really does. I don't have my granddaddy's gun, but uh it's a, what a great uh, tribute from Blake Shelton. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, granddaddy's gun. As you uh, know, yeah, you, could, you used to buy you used to buy a house uh from like the Sears catalog. <laughs> there you go. I uh, have my wife's grandfather's gun. Nice. That's oh, cool. Wow. Classic.
2: Yeah, uh Bo, if you remember when we went uh last year to that event for the Joshua Chamberlain Society and uh, got a chance to talk to uh, uh, Corporal Todd nicely, which was awesome. We need to get uh, we need to get Todd back on the show very very soon. It's been a while since we had a chance to catch up with him. Um, but at that event, I was shooting my granddaddy's gun, that Ithaca shotgun that uh, a couple people really were taking interest in. Uh, that was yeah. my that was one of my grandpa's uh, uh, guns. He was a big, you know, he was he was a Marine. He was in World War II. He was a big hunter. Um, so yeah, that, uh, it's cool to have those, uh, those moments and that, that song, I could hear you as it, we were, as it was starting,
1: I could hear you do the, oh yeah, uh-huh. like, <laughs> 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 like, yeah, that's a, that's a well, good one. I gave... I gave a list of songs to uh Carl uh geez, about a month ago and man he's 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 using them Oh he's, yeah uh, <laughs> sifting through the, hey, the list. I'm hey.
2: here to serve. We got to keep it uh we got to keep it on uh on topic with the with the music here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. So we have got another great uh, packed show for you today. We're going to talk to our buddy Mike Marfell. It was a great week of weather. It's not so great now, but it was earlier in the week. It was beautiful. Rain's good for fishing. (laughs) Yeah, that's you know what? It's not bad for fishing. Mm -hmm. That's certainly true. Um, And uh, I think uh, the nice weather, the turnaround from the terrible cold of a few weeks ago has really got people thinking about getting back outside and getting back out on the water and hopefully... Doing a little uh, camping and hiking and fishing and all that good stuff. Turkey season for the hunters is right around the corner. Uh, going to talk to our buddy Tim Shelswick here in a couple weeks about that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have Mike on to talk about fishing. We are also going to uh, replay a segment. Bo helped me out this week. I hosted the Dave Glover Show on 97.1 FM Talk uh, earlier this week. And For now. During that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What day is it? Um, so uh, uh, we were joined on that show by State Representative Nick Schroer, and there's a whole lot going on in the Missouri legislative session uh, regarding Missourians' Second Amendment rights. There's the SAPA Act. There is a bill that uh, uh, Representative Schroer is co-sponsoring that would allow conceal and carry uh, uh, certificate holders to carry guns on uh, public transit like Metrolink and buses and Things like that, and uh, there are some other Second Amendment bills that they are working on. So we're gonna we got into all of that with Representative Shore. So uh, in a few minutes, we're just we're going to replay that segment for you because there's a lot of really great information uh, that uh, is possibly going to impact your Second Amendment rights here in the state of Missouri. So we'll uh, we'll play that for you again in a couple minutes. And right now, we'll start the show the way we always do with our friend Aaron Tarlo, the owner of Southern Armory. Aaron, how's it going, dude? Good. How are you guys? Cannot complain, my friend. Um, Aaron, do you have any grandfather guns at home? Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. I'm sure you do. I'm sure mm-hmm. you do. Um, so, as I mentioned in the next segment, when we replay this conversation that Bo and I had with Nick Schroer, we talk a whole lot about uh, the local issues, uh, what what uh, Missouri lawmakers are working on as far as the Second Amendment is concerned. Aaron, I wanted to, while we had a few minutes with you, touch on some news that came out of Washington this week that would affect uh, everybody in the country. And it's a it's a topic that we have discussed before on this show, but it's something that not very many people do talk about or even know about. And that is a group of Democratic senators this week urged President Biden to take executive action to stop ghost guns in the United States Uh, The statement that they issued and gave to the president said, we request that you immediately direct the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives to regulate these firearms under the Gun Control Act and ensure that they are subject to a background check. So, Aaron, explain to those who don't know what a ghost gun is and let me know what you think about this... uh this suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere pushed by Democratic senators to have the president um, target ghost guns.
3: Yeah. So uh, a ghost gun is simply a, a gun that you're able to build yourself. Um, this could be, um, you know, you've got a machine, you're a machinist. And so you've decided, hey, uh, I know how to build a receiver. Um, and you go ahead and you build a receiver. You buy all the parts that you need. Uh, To put that gun together, and and that's that's the end of that. So uh, the other thing um, that a a ghost gun is um, is they have basically receivers that just need to be uh, milled out still, and uh, so when you you basically you mill it out, and they make kits, uh, but you need some expertise and you need some equipment um to, to do this. So this is not like, you know, any Joe Blow can do it. it. It it is I don't want to call it easy, but it's not like anybody can just go and, and do it. So uh like AKs they give you flats and you need a break and then um uh, a break just basically bends the metal for you and you need to know where to bend it and the degree to bend it to and then once you're done, you have to temper that metal to make it hard. Um, and then you have to install, like, the trunnions and the trigger fire control group and all this other stuff with ARs. Um, you get guys that are using, like, upright drill presses with jigs. Uh, some guys have, like, CNC machines, and they finish milling out the fire control group and anything else that needs to be done. And then uh, they, they coat it, and then they start putting it together. So this is not, like as easy necessarily as they make it uh, sound. And then a lot of these individuals, I don't know if I should say a lot, but we do see them in the the store uh, and they come in and they're like, hey, this is my first time trying to build it and it's not working right. Can you give me a hand? And then you go and you kind of look at it and you measure it. And they're really, I don't want to say they're hard to diagnose, but they're not. Not super easy to to figure out. Hey, you didn't do this or this, um, and so I don't build them. Um, I've done an AK, uh, but the the ones that I've seen that people have the most issue with are like the handguns. So
1: it's 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 difficult. Let's just say that. Aaron, I was yeah. under the impression that you could go to a store like uh, Tactical Bleep. Uh, TJ Kurgan has got that store and he always talked about having, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, 245 parts to an AK uh, or an AR and he, he sells 242. Like there were, there was something that he didn't sell to qualify him as a gun salesman. Um, so it's not like a, it's not like a kit car that you can, you know, you'd have to file a, you know, for a certain title. It's not like that. You can't just go and bolt on all the parts that you need. You actually do have to do some of this milling. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, you have to you have to mill it, and so at a certain point, it's just cheaper to go buy the lower receipt um,
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right.
3: than, than to, to to sit here and mess with it.
2: You it's really, like, really want to have to mill one, right? And Aaron, our the the whole point of this is: are ghost guns a real problem? Is this a thing that we're seeing used in crimes? And it just seems very strange. It seems like they're just you know maybe it's low hanging fruit, another way to. Uh, get under the skin of the of the gun crowd, or you know, just take another easy group of guns off uh, the streets or something. I just it just seems weird to me that they're targeting ghost guns. Are, are they are they even yeah. really that popular?
3: So I don't think they're over. They're they're not overly popular with the common person. Like I said, the person that's going to do this is somebody who's definitely into firearms. They probably own a bunch of them to begin with. And they've acquired them legally. So yeah, I'm with you. This is just low hanging fruit. This is a talking point. Uh the term ghost gun, um scary. It sounds scary. Mm-hmm. Right? Where you know, the reality is in like industry it's you know, we call it an eighty percent lower, right? You you gotta finish this lower. And you know, the, the person that's brand new coming into this isn't gonna get into it. Um, this is this is somebody who's just not a casual Shooter that's going to do this. This is somebody who's into mechanically building stuff and has some tooling at their disposal to do it. Yeah. So do you think
1: the wisdom of our government uh, thinks that ghost guns uh, also include guns where the serial numbers have been ground off or or, you know uh, filed off? Could they be mm -hmm. thinking that that's also the same thing? Because it's not. It's not.
2: But I could see somebody trying to conflate the two but it's technically yeah. not yeah
3: and that's already illegal that's already a felony right um, oh of course so, of
1: course
3: i mean enforce if you're worried about people removing serial numbers from guns uh, when they do it then you need to charge them and <laughs> yeah. you need to follow through
2: yeah it's once again it just seems like it's uh it seems like it's something that they could do that they think that most that Maybe a lot of people won't care about kind of like the bump stock thing, like, oh, we don't care about bump stocks. Let them have it. But it's another but it's another thing on their resume. It's another thing that they can put in a in an ad, a political ad, and they can say that, hey, we We got the ghost guns guns. off the streets. Aaron, before we let you go, what's uh, what's the what's the latest at Southern Armory? Are you guys still And speaking of building your own guns? Do you guys still uh, sell the gun kits if somebody wants to do that themselves?
3: Yep, yeah, so we, we just got the uh, lower kits in, lower receiver kits in. So it's it's literally everything to put together a complete lower for your AR. It's butt stock, buffer tube, buffer, spring, whole nine yards. Uh, you can come Cereal in. Serial number those. two we have say what?
2: Serial <laughs> number Is there two. A serial number on there?
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: there's a serial number, so you gotta have a background check. Uh, we have those okay. for the AR ten and we have those for the AR fifteen, and they are they are moving. So uh, luckily we have a a decent stash of them that we can still get a hold of. So, um, you know, come in and, and grab those, we're working on getting uppers and, and, uh, upper receivers and barrels and things like that too. But, uh, it's just kind of a, you know, the market is the way it is right now. And it's, it's, uh, it's very brisk. So Mm. we're back to, you know, selling stuff right off the list. Um, like we were, you know, about six months ago, nine months ago, um, because you know COVID and yeah. everything else, so um, waiting for kind of the the market to heat up on the high capacity magazines. I see that as the next uh, big thing. So we have those in stock right now. They're normal pricing. So I'd get them now, um, but not wait for the panic where then the wholesalers and the manufacturers you know jack up pricing yeah. two or three times. Just That's like good advice. with with ammo, you know. Yeah. So uh, you can come in and find us. We're one mile east of 270 and 44 at 9901 Watson Road. And find us on Facebook at Southern Armory and Second Amendment News Podcast and SouthernArmory.com.
2: SouthernArmory.com. That's SouthernArmory.com. And that is the owner of SouthernArmory.com and Southern Armory itself, Aaron Tarlow. Aaron, always great to talk with you, buddy. We'll see you same time next week. Yep. See you next week. Bye. All right. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, as I mentioned, Bo and I got a chance to earlier this week talk to State Representative Nick Schroer about a whole lot of issues that they are working on, bills that they're working on in the Missouri legislature ses- session. I can't talk anymore. So let's just go to break and we'll play that for you when we Where's get back. Monster? It's Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. <laughs>
1: can't find that on the radio uh, you'll turn to that station
2: Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. As I mentioned there, as we went to break earlier this week, I hosted the Dave Glover show on 97.1 and Bo joined me for part of that show. And we talked to state representative Nick Schroer about a lot of things that they are working on in the state capitol that would affect your Second Amendment rights. So we're going to replay that interview for you right now. Bo, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about the move that the Dave Glover show has upcoming to KMOX. The DGS is moving to our sister station KMOX on March 22nd, and huge Mark Reardon from KMOX is going to be moving over here to 97.1 FM Talk. Uh, the only change time wise for the DGS is we'll be starting an hour earlier, so we'll be on from two to six over there at KMOX. But uh, you know, Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, you're I show. It's been on KMOX for a long time, so. I, I have yeah, a little yeah. bit of a, I, I have a little bit of a uh, already a pre existing connection to KMOX. Uh, you can of <laughs> course hear Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors every Saturday here on 97.1 at three o'clock, and on Sundays on KMOX, depending on if there's a uh, a sporting event, a baseball game, a basketball game, or, or whatever. Um, if there's no sports, it's typically on at noon. If there are are sports, it's typically on at uh, like six o'clock in the evening. But you can hear Second Amendment Radio in both of those places. Uh, you've been with uh, Second Amendment Radio now, Bo, for how long? Is, is it been over a year? Probably well over a I year, think,
1: right? I, I think it has. I think it has. And I, I do want to point out that we had so much fun on the show last weekend and on the podcast exclusive. If anybody that's listening is uh, in the RV world or entertaining, uh, yes. getting into the RV world, we talked to the president of the St. Louis uh, Gateway, uh, Midwest Gateway uh, St. Louis RV Association, and he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Warren, Warren was his first name, I forget his last uh, Warren Patton, and what a great guy, and we just, it was so candid because there's so many questions. People dream of an RV, but they don't know. So I would I would direct anybody to go to the Radio.com app and uh, and go listen to that podcast because there's a lot to it. And we dig deep, especially in the uh, podcast exclusive.
2: Rach, does the RV lifestyle appeal to you at all? It does, actually. <laughs> yeah? yeah. I, I think it would be fun. I love it. I, I don't know if I could go full RV, like my primary residence, right, but right. I think it would be really, really cool to have one. I It could be my primary residence, I think. <laughs> Sue? RV lifestyle? <sighs> no, nah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Man. Do you have I have to plug my you. plumbing in
0: somewhere? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you do
2: have to plug it in somewhere, <laughs> but you still have it. You still have your bathroom and your own shower. They even have the stackable washer and dryers in there now and full now kitchens. That's nice.
0: And... I don't want to plug in my plumbing. I, yeah. Listen, and... I, will,
2: I will go with you for a week, right? Two yeah. weeks.
1: <laughs> okay, And, that's and for the record... Anybody that's entertained the idea of a tiny home, these big monster Class A RVs are three times the size of these tiny homes. So man, man. you might want to go that way. No
2: kidding. No kidding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so join Boy and I every weekend on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. And on that show, we talk about camping and hunting and fishing and uh, also a lot about uh, gun rights and Second Amendment rights. And there's a lot of news happening here in the state of Missouri Uh, revolving around the Second Amendment. And that is why I wanted to have Bo on. And our friend Newsmaker Nick, State Representative Nick Schroer, joins us on the line now. Always great to talk with you, Representative. How are you?
5: I am wonderful. Thank you guys for having me on again. Just to just to warn you, we are in the middle of session right now. We're probably going to go late this evening, so Ooh. if you hear a bell ringing, that's uh, beckoning me back to the house floor. But thank you guys gotcha. for taking time
2: out and yeah. and having me on again. We'll listen. We'll listen for the bell. And uh, I, I, do you have to run immediately when the bell rings? How does that work? Is it like school, like the bell rings and you have thirty seconds to get in your
5: <laughs> absolutely? Chair. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> got- very much like school in the uh, the state capital. <laughs>
2: I like it. So one of the things that we've talked about on Second Amendment Radio, uh, but haven't talked about here, I don't think on the Dave Glover show yet, is the SAPPA bill, the Second Amendment Preservation Act uh, that was passed by the Missouri House. I know you're a big supporter of this. (laughs) Basically, it would protect Missourians' Second Amendment rights from possible laws that could be passed in Washington, D.C. by President Biden or the Democratic Congress. Uh, that would infringe on those Second Amendment rights. Can you tell us, uh, get into some of the details about SAPPA and why you think it's right for Missouri?
5: Yeah, so the Second Amendment Preservation Act, I've been a co-sponsor, I believe, ever since I came here to the state capitol in 2017. Um, it, It got to the House floor. We passed it out last year under Trump. So it's not just a Joe Biden... Uh, bill that, that that has been filed this has been around for many years uh and, and actually before my time, this bill was passed by now Senator Burleson from the Springfield area, but it was vetoed by uh, Governor Nixon, a Democrat uh, several years back. But what this bill essentially would do would say if the federal government wants to pass restrictions uh unlawful infringement on your second amendment rights, they can do so, but they're not going to come in the state of Missouri using our men and women, our men and women in blue, law enforcement officers um Paid by, you know, paid for by the Missouri taxpayer, uh, in order to enact these unlawful infringements and take away your guns, ammunition, or even in any type of accessory. So essentially, that's what it is. I know that there were some concerns with uh, supremacy clause violations, but this has nothing to do with striking it down or not honoring these things. It's just saying, look. If you want to pass these unlawful restrictions, um, go ahead and do that, but you're going to use your people in order to effectuate those pieces of legislation. So right now, uh, it's been passed it as one of the first bills that we passed out of the House. Uh, you know, when we have will O'Rourke indicating, heck yes, we're coming for your guns. I don't want to get you guys in trouble with the FCC, so I had a PG that. But when he said, yeah, we're coming after your guns, we're coming after your AR-14s. <laughs> uh, I think it's definitely time to stand up, especially when President Biden has indicated he's going to make Beto O'Rourke his guns are. So we are uh, we're waiting for the Senate to take that up. It'll probably happen after spring break. We have a spring break next week. So I think right after we come back, we'll definitely see the Senate taking up some of these pieces that the House has sent to him.
1: Go ahead, Bo. Hey, Nick, a, a question for you. Um, as far as the HB yep. 52 allowing uh, concealed carrying of firearms on public transportation systems yeah. and transporting non-functional or unloaded firearms on public buses, uh, do you, do you see that th- I've heard a lot of press about it being bad, but do you, do you hmm. feel that that's the right move? Um, that, and I also want to clarify that if you are going to carry on those uh, forms of public transportation, you do need to have a concealed carry permit, which a lot of people do don't need to carry another part of the state. But uh, how do you feel about HB 52?
5: Well, that's another bill I am a co-sponsor of. And yes, you are right. Even though we are a constitutional carry state, so I can – Uh, use my constitutional rights to carry a gun concealed on my person uh, walking down the street. However, this bill would say, look, you actually need to go through the classes and get the training if you're going to have this uh, on on public transit. So, you know, we've seen um, different reports from Adam Schnellting and Senator Bob Onder. Those are the two different sponsors in the House and Senate. Both are from St. Charles County, but we've seen reports from them that, you know, so many guns have already been recovered from individuals, criminals uh, that, that are partaking in criminal acts on public transit, whether it's Metrolink, by state Bus. Um, so I, I think it's a common sense move. You know, the criminals are already not abiding by the law. We've seen many, many Missourians that have been victimized either on, on the buses, on Metrolink, or even at the bus stops or the Metrolink stops. So I think it's time that we actually uh, allow Missourians that, that are trained to carry the weapons to defend themselves and their families, especially in an environment where St. Louis has had historic rates of uh, violent crime. I think it's a, it's a no-brainer.
1: So, well, uh, do you think it's going to help the security? I'm sorry. Do you I think don't... it's going to help the security guards um, that that do work on uh, the MetroLink or or on the public transportation uh, that they will be able to carry uh, possibly mm-hmm. if they have that permit?
5: Well, that's going to actually have to go through that business. Whoever's um, providing the security, yeah. they're still going to have to allow that. Now, this will allow the general public. Now, when you look at the Aurora, Colorado shooting, I'm just going to use this one as an example. Um, that deranged psychopath killer chose the only gun-free zone, the movie theater that was showing Batman that night. He, he didn't go to the closest ones to him, which actually allowed guns in there. Mm. So, I think that there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of issues off of the back of security officers since these criminals are going to not know. They're going to be deterred from from partaking in crime and trying to hold people up if if now we know that you're going to have these people who are trained and may have firearms to defend themselves and their families. But I am encouraging, especially in light of uh, a young man, a father, a former military veteran uh, who lost his life. He was uh, one, of the, one of these security officers who a couple months back Ended up losing his life, and he was not able to carry any type of firearm, or even even if he had the training. And we know he had, with the military experience that he had, he was unable of because of that not being allowed by his employer.
2: Well, I'm glad you brought up this uh, this bill because it's uh, another one along with Sapa that I uh, I think are important to the Second Amendment discussion. And uh, Representative Shaw, I know you are a big supporter of that. Uh, my sort of final thought on this bill. Is uh, the one about public transit? Is that my opinion? Is that if a, if people know, as as you just mentioned about the movie theaters, if if bad guys know that people on MetroLink or buses or public transit may have may be armed, it's kind of like the ADT sign in front of somebody's house. Like I'm right. going to find a softer target, and and right. <laughs> just just the influence, just knowing that that is possible. I, I think is a step in the right direction of making people safer. Do you agree? Yeah, I I definitely agree. And that's
5: one of the reasons why I sponsored and, um, joining, uh, representative Ben Baker from the Neosho area. Uh, we both came together and we've, we've, ended up passing out of committee it's uh waiting to get on the house calendar allowing for concealed carry uh ccw holders in churches as well and in committee we brought that up how you know people were targeting whether it was south carolina or in texas uh these churches because they are soft targets and what we saw in texas uh was a ccw card holder he was actually a nra range um trained just a badass who was able to, to stop the murderer in his tracks within, I think, about six seconds. So um, that's another bill that's getting some momentum. And then my uh, bill that I know I've spoken about on Second Amendment radio for about a year now, this year it's uh, HB 501, it allows for medical marijuana, medical marijuana card holders to have their Second Amendment rights preserved and protected. And what this would do is just keep all of that private information out of the hands of the federal government. Because even though we passed it, um, the voters approved it uh, on the ballot, no matter what you think about it, it's law now, but the federal government still has it as a Schedule I drug. And what that means is when you go to fill out a Form 4473 to go buy a new weapon, if you say that, yes, I am prescribed medical marijuana or I am using marijuana, you are unable to get that uh, that weapon. Now, do they do that with any type of uh, psychological medications? No. Do they do that with pain medications? No. So what we're trying to do is keep that information out of the hands of the federal government. So individuals such as uh, our former military members that have PTSD, that re- they receive better help using medical marijuana instead of these uh, psych drugs that are actually moving them more towards having these suicidal thoughts. We're trying to protect the the rights of Missourians across the board, and I think that's one that's definitely gaining some bipartisan support here. And hopefully this year, we're going to put up that big wall of freedom around Missouri so the federal government can't restrict those rights.
2: Uh, Representative, I live in the city, and I dread Fourth of July and New Year's Eve because of the celebratory gunfire. Could you tell us a little bit about Blair's Law?
5: Yeah, so Blair's Law has been uh, something I've definitely taken a massive interest in. I'm very passionate about this bill. Um, My first year, I, I saw a Democrat had this bill. Um, And to me, it's just a common sense piece of legislation. Essentially, what this would do is strengthen the criminal penalties behind people negligently just celebrating and firing their weapons in the air. Now, I grew up in Ferguson, Missouri. Uh, For many years, we would have to go into the basement, me, my brothers and sister, um, because of fear of these stray bullets coming down, even if it's. You know, miles away in in Normandy or uh, Jennings or even in my own backyard, we had people right down the street that would do this. So this would strengthen the criminal penalties. And the reason it's called Blair's Law is about 10 years ago, an 11-year-old little girl out in the Kansas City area, she was minding her own business with her family. They were celebrating, didn't even hear the guns going off, and a stray bullet came down from three miles away and uh, ended up killing this little girl who was 11, should be 21 this year. Uh, And me being a parent of two little girls, seeing this situation uh, growing up as well in my own backyard, I thought that this is something that we definitely need to try and stop especially in light of every single year you see, whether it's Instagram, Snapchat, all these social media outlets, uh, you're able to see that this is happening in Kansas City, Columbia, St. Louis, and even in some of our rural areas. People have no regard for where that bullet's coming down, and we need to stop that. We need to, we need to promote gun safety, people you know, actually using the tool as they should, being safe with it, and uh, coming after the people who are being reckless with these tools.
2: That is Representative Nick Schroer. Always great talking with you, Representative. Uh, For people that want to keep an eye on the SAPA bill, the public transit, Blair's Law, all of these things that you guys are working on, what's the best way to keep up to speed on that? And what's the best way to follow you, social media, websites, all that stuff?
5: Well, the the new technology that we have here on the House, you're able to just – Stay in touch with everything that we're doing at house.mo.gov. You can live stream the debate that we're having now on the floor. We're going to be having it through the night tonight. Or you can just go to my social media, I'm um, at Nick B. Schroer on Twitter. Or you can go to my website, nick 4 all spelled out, nick and that'll hook you up to everything we're doing.
2: What are you guys debating tonight?
5: Right now we're on uh, some school choice, allowing for uh, open enrollment on different school districts. I think we're going to be hitting the initiative petition reform, allowing for, uh, or I guess trying to stop these outside millionaires from out of the state, outside of the state of Missouri, uh, who are able to just use their their big pockets and change our Constitution uh, and not even having any any stake in the game. So I think that's going to be a really hot button issue tonight, uh, but we'll see.
2: Always great talking with you, Nick. Talk to you soon.
5: Yeah, God bless you guys. Bye-bye.
2: All right. Let's take another quick break and be back with professional fisherman Mike Marfell on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Can't hear
1: Look here, girls. Take this advice and remember always in life. No use crying forever, LA coffee. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. I surprise you once in a while. You did. <laughs> Tony Colombo here with producer Carl Middleman. Hello. And my partner, Bo Matthews. Present. Too many fish in the sea in reference, of course, to our next guest, <laughs> professional fisherman Mike Marfell, joins us on the line. Mike, always great to talk with you. Buddy, I think, uh, you know, with this weather that we have had, Uh, A lot of people, you know, it's a little crappy out there this weekend, but this past week was beautiful, and a lot of people uh, have that feeling about getting back outside and getting back on the water and enjoying the great outdoors. Oh, you know what? Before we talk to Mike, whenever we're talking about the great outdoors here on the show, it's, of course,
1: brought to you by... Razorback Armory, they are your full-service firearm shop that strives to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. If you are looking for a suppressor, they're your people. Go in and talk to Brad, Jesse, and Kenny. They'll take good care of you. Find directions and more information about them at RazorbackArmory.com, and when you go in, tell them Bo sent you. Mm -hmm. And now it's a good time to talk to Mike Marfell. Mike, how's it going, dude?
2: Oh, it's been rough, buddy. The Uh only
4: thing I've been out of bed for in the last, since Monday, has been... High school bass fishing, coaching, and Aww. talking to you guys. Oh, Aww. no. So, <laughs> oh, no. When it comes to the great outdoors, I'm dedicated. I've been spiking fevers, and oh, it's been horrible. Oh, geez. But, uh, To take all this time off between my Toyota Series last weekend and my two upcoming tournaments this weekend from work to lay in bed and shiver <laughs> when it's been 70 degrees and sunny has been just that's been the hardest part. Oh, Fight through it.
2: That's true torture. That's true torture.
4: Because I could have been, I could have just stayed at the lake and stayed on, on the fish all the way up to this tournament, and you know, because they're moving a lot right yeah. now.
1: Well, uh, so, what's going on with you, man? Are you sick?
4: Oh, it burns when I pee, Bo. I got a urinary. <laughs> <tournament>. Oh
2: boy, <laughs> urinary. T- oh, yeah. Those are pro fishermen. One,
4: if you've ever had one, you don't want. You know, you know what it's like. And if you haven't, you don't want one. No. Mm. Oh. That's uh, no good. If men had to give birth, we'd be extinct in at least a, yep. a generation, maybe two. <laughs>
2: Ouch. Ouch. Well, I hope you start yeah. feeling better, buddy. Uh, how oh, many How many uh, tournaments do you have under your belt this year? Just the one. Just the They've one? have all been frozen out. How'd it go? And Tony, you will not
4: believe this. Uh huh. I got down there on Friday, last, a week ago Friday. Uh, wait, two weeks ago Friday. <laughs> two weeks ago Friday. Time means nothing. Uh, mm. And it, uh, yeah, it does. You're right, Carl. And you had to break ice every morning on the main lake. The first day I was on the water, I had to idle six miles and finally gave up when I seen an open patch and just started fishing. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Um, it would freeze back over every night because the lake, the water was still so cold in that main lake. Uh, every morning of the tournament, once we got to tournament day, a week went by of this, of idling in the, in the, so making practice very, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, you're basically fishing ice off every day. And, uh, when I'd run to my first spot in the morning, I'd have to do figure eights to bust up the ice so we could fish. Wow! Uh, yeah, it was it was incredibly tough. A lot of the big time pros, the touring pros, zeroed. I felt pretty good having one fish on the first day for <laughs> four or five. No kidding! I was, you know, middle of the field with one decent fish. Right, which led me down now, chasing a ghost. Uh, it led me chasing ice, ghost. The ice wasn't that it thick was though, right?
1: It didn't damage your boat.
4: Uh, ripped off my keel guard on day one. Another pro tip: back into your dock <laughs> so you can go out and it. <laughs> when it's going to freeze because it'll grab your keel guard and just peel it like a banana. So, uh, if, as so, people
2: are listening to this on the radio uh, on the weekend, are you fishing right now?
4: No, I was. Spo- if I wasn't in bed, I would be down there right now. Gotcha. I am leaving probably later tonight or tomorrow morning. Just depends on how things shape up right right
2: but as this airs on the weekend tournaments
4: there i have a bfl and then i have a anglers in action this weekend
2: right and the fishing should be dynamite gotcha but that's that's this weekend right so as we're talking it's before the weekend but as people are hearing this it's the weekend so you should you're you're down (laughs) there there
4: yeah exactly my tournament was the previous weekend the march it was thursday friday saturday march 3rd 4th and 5th gotcha gotcha which hey tony Mm -hmm. i love i mean it was the big time that was when you say pro fisherman, that was it. That, I mean, nice. you don't have to be a pro. You don't have to carry a card. You got to have $1,700 and you're a pro. But
1: <laughs>
4: uh, the competition level was insane. I mean, I would basically park in my boat between guys that have been heroes of mine since I was a kid kind of thing. And, That's awesome. And you had all the local pros. And to see the kid that won it, 21 years old, works at the tackle shop down there at Osage Beach. And just waxed everybody's booty. That's awesome. People were struggling to get a bite, and he had over 20 pounds every day. Wow. And you know what did it? uh, Wow. Experience. forward-facing sonar. Oh, Oh, nice. Forward-facing sonar. He watched every bite on an Alabama rig, and I had convinced myself it was too cold for an Alabama rig. You know, you didn't want something moving. You want something setting still when the water's that cold. Yeah. A suspending jerkbait or a jig on the bottom, and that kid proved me wrong big time. Wow! Uh, so did you always learn over
1: your heroes?
4: No, not really. I've fished with with them in the back of their boat before a few of them, and and against them a handful of times. But it's just really cool, you know, guys you've been watching, seeing on TV and other things for years, you know. So uh, you try not to, because they are regular dudes by far. I mean, they're not. There's not a lot of prima donna going on in the in the <laughs> outdoor world, as you know. So. so- Mike, Those we've only got approachable.
2: we've only got a few minutes left on the show. If people are going to get out this weekend and do some fishing, or they're going to get out very soon this time of year, uh, what are some basic tips? What are some basic things that people should be looking for? What's the way to be successful at this uh, at this point of the season?
4: Depending on your size of the body of water, but if you're at Lake of the Ozarks with that big water, and it's just now warming up, uh, they're moving back to spawn, and they're moving every single day. They're getting closer. Uh, you're going to be looking for those transition banks that are chunk rock to pea gravel or chunk rock to boulder, boulder to pea gravel, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, just imagine they're starting at the mouth and they're making their way back to those spawning flats. So that's how, that's kind of the transitions that they make. And they're going to be tight to the bank for the most part. Uh, they're going to be in three to six foot of water and, uh, they're, you know, jig, jerk bait, spinner bait. Obviously, the Alabama rig. Now, when I say that Alabama rig, you can't just go out there. That guy that won it was, like I said, he was counting it down, watching it go through the fish, watching the fish follow it, kind of thing on forward-facing yeah. sonar. That's a whole other level. No uh, kidding. And uh, but that's the basics. I mean, there'll still be some on the main lake points, but and the secondary points. Uh, but those bass are moving back and they're wanting to eat like. This is the sad part. I didn't make the final day on Saturday and me and the tin horse went out and did some filming on Saturday and we waxed their booty on Saturday. I mean we <laughs> didn't catch a lot of giants. But we caught thirty five fish, probably seven or eight keepers. Uh you know, very frustrating. And I was in eye shot of the places I was fishing the day before in the tournament. That was the frustrating. I missed it by a quarter mile yeah here or there
2: mike if people and, want to see what you and uh and 10 horse work on if they want to get more of this information and hear more of these stories and learn more about uh you know the right things to do when they're out there on the water what are the ways they can do that
4: they can do it at 10 horse that's t-i-n horse monty and also the bass uh, monday night live stream every monday night on youtube channel monday night live
5: mm-hmm. uh, it's
4: him and backyard bass and Their most recent guest was Shaw Grigsby. So they're getting big time. I might not ever get back on the show. uh, (laughs) You're big time to
0: us.
4: (laughs) Yeah, thanks. But, yeah, it's incredible information. And the video from day one of the Toyota Series at Lake of the Ozarks just dropped yesterday. So if you're heading down to the lake this weekend, you can check that out and get a feel. Just like you were there last weekend, even though you weren't. And oh. you didn't have to rip up your bottom of your boat to do it. Yeah.
1: Bo, so. you
2: just said it off the air. That's uh, that's priceless info, and it's what?
1: It's free on Second Amendment Radio you and get, the Great Outdoors. got that right. right. I'm it's telling you, man, here. that's some great stuff. It is. Good stuff. Good stuff from Mike Marfell.
2: Mike, I uh, wish we had more time. We'll get you back on real soon. Good luck this weekend, and we'll check thanks, back buddy. in with you and see how it went. All right. Thanks, guys. Check you out bet. that YouTube channel. Uh, we'll make some more videos this weekend. Yeah, do. we'll do. We'll be talking to you, and we'll be checking you out on YouTube. That is Mike Marfell. Uh, if you missed anything from today's show, including this conversation with, that we just had with Mike, don't forget our podcast. You can get the Second Amendment Radio podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Usually we have a podcast exclusive for you this week. We only have the show podcast, but usually it's two podcasts a week for you to check out. The Radio.com app is the best way to get those podcasts. Podcasts. For my producer Carl Middleman and my partner Bo Matthews, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back here next week for another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys.
0: Get more at 971talk.com.